Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Welcome, everyone. It is Tuesday, December the 21st, 2021. It is currently 5.12 p.m. Central Time, and I'm here in the empty sanctuary of Victory Baptist Church located right here in Ovalo, Texas. Thank you so much for tuning in. It is time once again to open up your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 2 because that is the Bible study exercise this week. We're working on Luke chapter 2 verses 1 through 20 and there are so many things we need to talk about. I really wish I there Look, I know I spent 3 hours of my time here already today talking about things related to what's going on in our country and around the world with COVID and dealing with the church. I know I had to deal with that. I felt like I almost had a moral responsibility to talk about some of those things and just to express some of the frustration with how the church continues to act in regards to this situation. I wish I wouldn't have had to spend that much time, um, but I did. Now, some of those messages will not appear Some of the messages I just did in regards to all of that will not appear on some platforms. They may not be on uh, YouTube. Other platforms, they may not show. So if you go to theologycentral.net, theologycentral.net, that's our pod page. You can look at all of the other live broadcasts I did today and you can listen. One was two hours long. Um, And uh, and their only reason is, is because... Um, anything related to COVID can't show up on some platforms because if they just see it in the title, they will immediately delete it and flag me as saying something incorrect, no matter what I say. So um, I have to be extremely careful with that. So theologycentral.net is our pod page. Everything goes there. So feel free to check that out and you can see what you have missed. If you, if you care to hear any of that discussion, it will prove to be very controversial, but I, I want it to be there so that people can hear and at least hear a different perspective challenging what's going on. But I spent three hours doing that today. We needed to spend three hours plus working on Luke chapter two versus basically Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, really there's so much there to work on, and we've had some discussions uh, in the the uh, Discord uh, group, the Theology Central Discord group, which has been re- very productive, and I, I posted some articles trying to answer some questions, and I want to get to some of those questions, but what we're going to do is we're going to focus on one particular issue that uh, sparked some controversy. I didn't know it was going to spark controversy. I should have known. I should have known. It's, it's just so weird. You literally can turn on the microphone and say things possibly completely contrary to a correct understanding of the gospel. You can you can turn on the microphone and say things that are completely contrary to a biblical understanding of the deity of Christ, of the hypostatic union, of the Trinity. You you can you can say so many things and you won't get very many emails. But, oh, man, you say anything related to, I don't know, anything that could have any connection to something political or, or, you know, government mandates or COVID, everyone loses their minds. And so my email was, all of my emails had nothing to do with anything related to Luke 2 that I thought would I'd, I would get questions about. Now, I did get, now, to be fair, I did get a couple of emails about things that were Obviously, very helpful and very beneficial. People brought it up in Discord. So there was some good discussions. 
Some people did look at the text and go, well, wait a minute. There's some possible historical, is there some historical inaccuracies here? How do we understand this? Because there's some, some people criticizing saying Luke 2 is not historically accurate. Those are great questions. But most of the, the responses were, how dare you say anything about government mandates? You're an ed- idiot. I got one email saying, if you knew how to read, you, you would actually understand what the Bible actually teaches. You don't know what you're talking about. Some people were nicer and just offered it like, well, just as a side note, some people were nice. Some people were extremely rude, but the majority of the people were all bothered by what I had to say in regards to Luke chapter two. So here's what I would ask you to do. Have have Matthew chapter two ready to go. Let's go to Luke chapter two. And the goal here is just to address one issue that obviously hit a nerve, even though, I, again, I don't want to even deal with this, but if we're gonna if we're gonna deal with anything around the Bible uh, Bible study exercise, we have to at least make sure that people don't misrepresent what actually happened, okay? Because it it really bothers me when there's a misrepresentation of what occurred. All right, so Luke chapter two verse one, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that the all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Serenius was governor of Syria and all went to be taxed everyone into his own city. Now we could get into a world, a, a study here of the word tax. I thought someone was going to bring up the issue. Was it a taxation? Was it a census? What exactly was going on? But the bottom line is a decree went out from governmental leaders. Governmental leaders issued a decree. Can we say, and I think this is extremely fair to say, a mandate, a mandate was issued. And as this mandate happens, then we have Joseph appears on the scene, Luke 2, 4. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because it was the house and lineage of David to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. A government mandate is issued. Joseph and Mary obeys the mandate. Even though she's great with child, even though travel could have been difficult, even if travel could have been dangerous, they follow the rules. They obey the mandate. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to draw. I I don't know why some people got so upset about pointing that out. I don't understand why people got so bothered. All I know is this. He followed the mandate. It couldn't have been a popular one. It couldn't have been one that probably he wanted to follow. It created obviously some difficulty and possible hardship, but he followed the mandate. There's no way to read the story and just ignore that. A government mandate went forth and he obeyed it, which is very much consistent with things, say, like Romans 13, about following and obeying the governmental leaders over us. I'm not, you say, well, I don't have to follow every man. And immediately people want to just say, they hear we have to obey and immediately they say, but I don't have to obey here. I don't have to, I, no, they, they don't immediately go, how, this should be the question. I am called by God to obey earthly leadership, governmental authorities. I'm called to obey that. So, The question should be, what can I do to be the most faithful to the command to obey? 
But what I hear is, but, 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 but I don't have to always do it. And they want to start talking about all of the exceptions. When they, when can they disobey? How about first asking, what can I do to obey governmental leaders in a way that will bring God the greatest glory? Why is our first reaction is, I don't always have to obey. I don't always have to follow the rules. Why is it your first reaction is, okay, that is a good point. He obeyed, right? So let's just stop here, Luke 2. Let me go to Romans 13. Let's go to Romans 13, all right? So there's Luke chapter 2. There's a governmental decree that goes out. Joseph and Mary obey it. There's, There's no way to get around that. They obey it, all right? Romans chapter 13 says, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whoever resi- who, who, whosoever, therefore, resisteth the powers, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive themselves damnation. All right, don't resist, obey. All right, so the question should be, how can I do that to be the most glorifying to God as I can be? Not, but I don't always have to do it. Okay, wait, give me my 10, you know, exceptions. I don't have to, I don't have to have to. It's like a teenager saying, you have to obey your parents, but I don't always have to obey my parents, right? Okay, what are my exceptions? When, when, When do I not have to follow them? That shows a rebellious spirit in the heart. What should be like, okay, I may not like the leadership. I may not like the, the, the rules, but God put them there. God put them there. So how can I follow them to the best of my ability to still be pleasing to God? I'm not saying there's never an exception. I'm not saying there's never a time to disobey. I'm saying our first reaction has to be, what can I do to obey? Not when can I disobey? (laughs) The first question is, what can I do to obey? Then after I've done everything I can to obey, if then and then only if I'm left in a position where I have to disobey, then you do so. I don't think that's, is that a radical position? Is that radical? Now, some people noticed, or at least one individual noticed uh, this idea. Someone heard a sermon um, that they uh, also mentioned the the, uh, mandate there and following it. Let me pull up my email. I received this email just the most recent. Actually, I've got a bunch of emails that just shown up. Probably going to be people mad at me for things I've already talked about today. Okay, here we go here. Oh, uh, yes. Okay. Um, All right. Let's see here. Um, I won't go to this one. Yes. Um, Okay. And then uh, someone uh, sent this to me at 2.57 p.m. And that was an interesting thought on the mandate. Never came to my mind. One, uh, never came to my mind once when preparing for the lesson. So someone just taught on Luke chapter two, and they never thought about the mandate is- issue. They said Joseph's response was definitely different to what we see in America when we object to mandates, protesting, stating differences of opinions on government issues, rights. We're uh, we're just not there. We're 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 not we're just not there back then. I know there were uprisings, zealots, etc., but I imagine the zealots did what they did knowing their lives were at stake, unlike people who uh, protest the American government today. At most, they fear 24 hours in jail. Uh, what, what Caesar meant for taxes, God meant for good. He probably thought he answered to no one, but he was used by God to bring Mary to Bethlehem to fulfill uh, Micah 5 too. Amazing. And yes, you were right. Joseph's obedience to a government mandate also played a part in that. So 
That, I'm glad someone at least mentioned it and didn't seem to get upset about it. Well, I'm just, well, thankful someone didn't get upset about the, the mandate issue. But again, let's just make it very clear. God is the one who put the people in charge. So if we go back to Luke 2, if we, if we take Romans 13 and mine, we go back to Luke 2. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus. God put Caesar Augustus there. Caesar Augustus issues a decree, but he issues a decree, obviously, because God knew he would issue that decree. And it was that decree that brought Joseph and them to Bethlehem, which was where they needed to be so that when Jesus was born, the prophecy would be fulfilled. That goes back to the Old Testament. So if you think about it, human government was issuing a mandate, but it was ultimately God working in and through said mandate to accomplish his purpose. So when we see a mandate, we can yell and scream if we don't like it, or we can say, I wonder what God's purpose could be in it, because God is ultimately the one who's sovereign and who's in charge, correct? Now, I'm not saying we never disobey. I'm saying that our first question is always, well, what can I do? How can I glorify God in this situation? Joseph glorified God by obeying the decree doing what the government asked him to do, whether he wanted to, whether he liked it, no matter the difficulty involved, he did so. And well, he was actually obeying what God wanted and ended up where God wanted him to be and accomplished what God had obviously foreordained for it to happen. Now, what some people emailed me about was like, well, you just need, you need to read the rest of the Bible. You don't know what you're talking about. And most people pointed me to Matthew chapter two. They pointed me to Matthew chapter 2 because this is where people disobey the mandates. All right. Let's go to Matthew chapter 2. Let's go to Matthew chapter 2. Because I'm all for when people point out scripture, by all means, man. Let's let's go to the scriptures you pointed out to me. All right. Matthew chapter 2. Let's do this. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, uh, uh, when now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, and the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, art, art not the least among the princes of Judea, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Oh, wait. So, see, there, there's the prophecy. It's from, from, from Bethlehem, from where the ruler, the governor is going to come. Well, it's go, it required a decree. It require, required a government mandate. Humanly speaking, to get Joseph and Mary there. Just so it was a government mandate. Whether you like it or not, God used that for his purpose and his glory. All right. Uh, so then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had, when, 
When they had heard the king, they departed and lo, the star which they saw in the uh, east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Now he sends them to go find the child. They follow the mandate. They obey. They do what he was told to do. Uh, So when they heard the king, they departed. They find the child. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. And when they'd opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So here we have another, in a sense, government mandate that is obeyed. So we're up to two mandates that have been given so far, quote unquote, in the Christmas story. We know here that the child was in a house here, so it was sometime later. Okay, we get the idea sometime later, probably when this occurs. But the point is, all of these things that relate to the so-called Christmas story, right? Christmas and after, there's two mandates. There's the mandate to go tax, followed it. There's the mandate from Herod, go find the child. Two mandates, both part, uh, both in both situations, there is obedience. But, but, but wait, 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 wait. There's getting ready to be disobedience. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Now, let's stop right here. Wait, they did not follow the mandate because they did not follow the second part of the mandate to come and tell him where the child was. Now, everybody see, 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 they disobeyed. Let's just think about this logically and biblically. They disobeyed because they were, were given direct revelation from God. They were given direct revelation from God in order to disobey. The scriptures were not complete. God was still speaking to people through visions, dreams, and other ways. And sometimes direct audible voice spoke to them. Now, if you believe God is still giving that direct revelation today, and he's telling people what to do about government mandates, then you've got to think this through logically because there's some people who would be like, well, God told me I don't have to follow the mandate. Well, but then someone else said, but God told me that we're all supposed to follow the mandate. So then who's hearing from God? Because everyone is claiming that God's telling them something different. That's chaos. We believe, and I'm dogmatic about this, and I make no compromise on this, and I don't care who gets offended, God's revelation ceased with the completion of scripture. So we don't have any more revelation being given. God is not going to tell me, oh, this is what you need to do for this government mandate. And here's what, you don't need to pay your taxes. No, you don't need to get a vaccine. No, you need to do that. There's no, God is not giving me those that revelation. He's given me scripture. So what do I have for scripture? I have Romans 13. Now, if you believe God is continuing to tell you what to do, Well, then you can play that game and say, well, God told me I don't have to follow the the government mandate. Okay, well, God told me to tell you that you need to follow the government mandate. How can you tell me that I didn't hear from God? So you can hear whatever you want to hear from God. I can, And then no, everyone's walking around claiming they hear from God and therefore scripture is no longer the final authority and you destroy sola scriptura. I don't have God telling me, hey, you don't have to follow the mandate. Hey, you don't have to follow the rules. Hey, you don't, I don't have that. I don't have that. I mean, tell that to your teenagers. Tell that to your teenagers. Hey, I know the Bible says to honor your father and mother and to obey them. 
But if God tells you not to, then you make sure you don't. Okay, well, mom and dad, God told me I don't have to obey you anymore about curfew. Well, no, we don't believe God. Nope, nope, God told me. And you say, well, that's ridiculous. Why? You got Romans 13 telling you to obey the government and you're like, I don't have to listen to it if God tells me different. Well, then your teenager doesn't have to listen to you when God tells them they don't have to listen to you. It just, everyone starts playing games. We have scripture alone. And so even in this case, they didn't disobey in their own choosing. They didn't disobey because they felt like it. They didn't disobey because they disliked the mandate. They disobeyed because God spoke to them and or God gave them a revelation through a dream, through a vision. He gave them the revelation. I, I, that has no bearing on Joseph obeying the mandate. But then they're like, wait, 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 wait. keep reading. Matthew 2, 13. And when they departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, arise, take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt uh, uh, and be there until I bring the word for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Well, once again, we have direct revelation being given. Now, when you have direct revelation, God telling you what to do, then you, if you want to play that game, then everyone can play that game and you're going to end up in spiritual anarchy and chaos. I believe scripture, once completed, is now, this is God's revelation to us. He's not giving us revelation in different ways. It's Because if, if they are, then scripture becomes undermined and the authority of scripture gets cast aside. This is the chaos that happens in the charismatic world. I, 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 can, I listen to charismatic sermons and it's always, God told me this, God told me this, God told me this, God told me this. And it's like, I can't even keep up with all the things God is supposedly telling them, but it's completely different than what the other charismatic pastor said. It's just chaos. I know this, I can open up my Bible. So here's what I do. I have a government mandate. What does the Bible tell me to do? Obey the government. How? To the best of my ability. Is there ever a time I can disobey? Well, I'm not going to use those stories of, of the, the, the wise men and Joseph disobeying because they were given direct revelation by God. So what, what do I have? Well, I have some situations where, yes, the government comes and says, you can't preach in the name of Jesus. All right, I'm probably going to have to disobey that. You can't pray to God. Okay, I may have to disobey that. So I've got to find clear scriptural examples. Clear scriptural examples. So in Luke 2, Joseph followed the mandate. The wise men followed the initial mandate. There's no question about that. They all followed the mandate. Then Specific situations occurred where God specifically intervened and gave divine revelation for them to disobey. Therefore, they're justified in disobeying because they were given direct revelation from God. You say, well, what do I do in certain situations? You look to the direct revelation from God for you. That is scripture. You go to Romans 13 and go, what can I do to obey Romans 13 in this situation? And you say, well, I think they, the government's gone too far. Okay, well then what can you do to try to follow, uh, did I say revelation? Romans 13, if I said revelation, I apologize. God has, God has not given you, the only direct revelation you have is scripture and you have Romans 13. Your job is to say, what can I do to follow Romans 13? If the government has gone too far, then you say, okay, I'm going to have to disobey, but what can I do in my disobedience to still do as much as I can to follow Romans 13? 
how can I, how can I balance this? I've got to disobey, but I'm going to still do my best to adhere to Romans 13 and how I act, how I speak about the government. I'm still going to show respect. I'm going to show honor. I'm going to show humility, but I'm just going to say, guys, I'm sorry that you've taken a step too far. So this is what I'm going, I'm going to do this, even though you told me not to, but I'm doing it because I feel like I have to obey God. But in everything else, I'm going to still follow Romans 13 and try to be the best citizen and be obedient as I can. How do you find that balance? I, I don't know why everyone thought Matthew 2 just, just completely throws out. It's like, hey, look, Luke 2, he obeyed the mandate. Who cares? In Matthew 2, they disobey the mandate. Because of direct revelation from God, okay? So what is your direct revelation from God? It's Romans 13. Oh, wait, Romans 13 doesn't apply. It's just bizarre how that occurred, but it did. And uh, I think that that is interesting, all right? So there we have, we have the, we, we've clarified the, what I, what, all I think, look, it's just important. I just, to me, it's important. I read a story, there's a government mandate. I, this, you can't read that, when I say read, you read the historical narrative, let me put it that way, and, and Luke chapter two, and you see Caesar Augustus issuing a mandate and Joseph immediately obeying without any problem and without any difficulty. And we see that, that ultimately that mandate was used by God. Now, I would argue because of God's sovereignty, he decrees everything that comes about. And we have to understand what's God's purpose in it and through it and why it is happening. I'm not saying that Luke 2 says you must follow. I'm not telling, I'm not even trying to make any application about what you should do about specific mandates. And look, with what's currently going on in our country with Omicron and around the world, I have a feeling there's going to be more mandates coming down. And I think it's going to get more and more difficult and you're going to have to figure out what to do. I'm saying this. Your biblical revelation about mandates is found in Romans 13. You've got to figure out how to obey Romans 13 to the best of your ability. At the same time, if you believe a mandate crosses a scriptural line, you've got to figure out exactly, did it, did it cross the line and what should my response be? Am I saying it's going to be easy decisions? Absolutely not. Am I saying it's going to be difficult? I, absolutely, I am saying it's going to be difficult. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be difficult. But I believe more mandates are probably coming. And I just think we can't just skip that part of the story. I mean, there's a clear mandate. Now, for you, you're just like, well, who cares about the mandate? Put yourself in their historical context. Wait, we got to go where? But Mary, she's she's with child. Okay, that's not a good situation. Okay, that, it's not like she just hopped in the back of the minivan and laid down and had pillows and, you know, you know, a, a glass full of ice, uh, you know, you, you know, ice chips for her. I, no, she, she had to be riding on an animal of some sort, probably a donkey. I mean, probably not the most, you know, you know, comfort uh, being pregnant in that situation. Not a pleasant situation, but they obeyed. Their obedience to the government mandate put them right in the place for prophecy to be fulfilled which again, it wasn't a government mandate. It was God's mandate. It was God's decree. God is the one who decreed it to come about. God was working in and through it. And God is working in and through the current situation. Our job is to follow the scripture that's been given to us, which is, I keep saying revelation, 
Romans 13. That is God's revelation, not the book of Revelation, but God's revelation to us. And that's just got to be considered. All right. I don't know if that's going to make everyone happy who emailed me. I don't know. Even someone uh, brought this up in the Discord channel, at least adding it as a, a side note. So I've had all kinds of people bring this up to me. And I just, I don't, none, I don't, none of that changes the fact Joseph obeyed. And I'm called to obey government. And you say, but, 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 but not always. I, I'm not saying that we're not, that we are to do it always. I'm saying that my first inclination has to be, okay, I'm called to obey. How can I obey? I'll never forget. I'll end with this. I'm a teenager. And I, I had, I think I bought a, like a devotional book or it was like a, it was a study guide for Christian young people. This is, you know, a long time ago. And I, I'm going through and I'm doing all the devotions. I'm doing all, because anytime I get any study guide, I work through it and I answer all the questions and I write notebooks and notebook, fill up notebooks. And there was a, a lesson in there, something about obeying the laws of the land. And I remember as a teenager going, wait, what? So you're telling me that if I speed or don't wear my seatbelt or do, like I, I, there was a number of things that I am, that I'm sinning. Not only am I breaking the law, I'm sinning. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Christianity just got really involved in my personal business right here, right? Because I should be, I, I shouldn't have to worry about I'm now sinning against God when I'm doing, you know, 85 and a 75 mile per hour. I shouldn't have to worry about that. I'm speeding or that I'm not wearing my seatbelt or whatever the case may be. You're telling, if I run a stop sign, whatever the case may be, you're telling me now my Christianity even dictates I have to follow law. Come on. It's, don't I have enough laws from God to follow? I have to worry about following the laws of men as well. But then that was, that was a major issue for me. Because I realized, man, I speed sometimes and I don't always, I don't always wear my seatbelt and I don't always do. There's a lot of things. So I'm like, okay, I got to follow these rules. I didn't want to follow those rules. I mean, I know you're going to think, I think the seatbelt mandates the most ridiculous law in the history of humankind. Because it's my car. I pay for it. I pay for the insurance. I have health care. If I don't have my seatbelt on, the worst I'm going to do is hurt myself. But that's the rule. They're telling me what to do in my car, even though I'm not hurting anybody else. Okay, well, do I, do I take a stand? They're taking away my freedom. They don't have the constitutional right to tell me what to do in my car. How dare they? Okay, or, or I'm like, well, you know, it doesn't really matter about constitutional rights or freedom. That's not what Christianity is about. Christianity doesn't say go forth and defend the Constitution. It says follow the rules of the government. Joseph and Mary did. There's no dispute about that. They did. And they were put right in the proper place to fulfill prophecy. Other situations, God said, don't follow it. Go, 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 go. But God gave them direct revelation. I don't get direct revelation anymore. I have the Bible. I have scripture. So what do I do? Well, Romans 13. Other passages that tells me to obey the laws of the land. Okay, I got to follow those. However, I've got some examples where people didn't obey. Okay, what were those examples? Well, it seems if I can't pray, they forbid me to pray. Uh, I've got to disobey that. And if they uh, tell me that I can't preach in the name of Jesus, I've got to disobey. I've got just some very specific examples 
Other than that, I don't really have a lot of examples. So then I can't just go making up things. Is that, is that, is that radical? Am I, am I saying something that's so outrageous that it should offend a thousand people? I, I don't, I don't think that there's anything I said that should offend anybody. It's just amazing. Like of all the things that people could have found to talk about in Luke two, it was the fact that I simply said, Hey, Joseph obeyed a mandate. <gasps> what in the world did you just say? You're a heretic. Man, I, I could have just said, well, I don't, I don't, I, I, I wonder if I would have gotten as, as many emails if I would have said, I don't believe in the virgin birth. I wonder if I would have gotten, no, I do believe in the virgin birth. Okay. I do believe Mary was a virgin, but if I, if I denied it, I wonder if I would have gotten the same. No, I get, you get more reaction. If anything is even closely relates to something political, then you're going to get that, that, that attention. So, but there you have it. I just wanted to at least address that. I know it doesn't get as far into Luke 2, but it does at least demonstrate that, hey, he followed. In other words, he followed. Think about it this way. Here seems to be the biblical policy. You always obey the mandate until you have revelation from God that says otherwise. And for us, the only revelation we're going to find is the revelation we get when we open our Bibles. So if you've got clear biblical revelation that you can disregard a mandate, then by all means, follow that scripture. But if you don't have scripture, then you're just making up the rules yourself and you're not being guided by sola scriptura. You're being guided by your own conscience and what you want. And if you want to live your Christian life that way, then don't tell someone else that they can't do something because maybe according to them, they don't have to follow the rules. Either you're going to follow God's God's word on this subject or you're not. And I'm not trying to even get specific on what the mandate is or isn't, which man, I'm just trying to say, this is a general concept. All right, I'll stop right there. I think I'm going to do one more quick thing in regards to Luke 2, because someone brought it up and I'm going to be curious to get everyone's opinion. I'll do that here in just a minute. So I'll be back on the air here shortly. In the meantime, you can email me always, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. There you have it. There's the mandate part. We've addressed that. Now, we still got other issues to talk about. I'm going to bring up, someone just sent me an email um, bringing up another issue that we did not address. Or I kind of addressed it, but they bring it up and uh, it'll be interesting to see what everyone else, if they think it's significant. It'll be interesting to see what everyone else does with it. So just, I'll be back on the air in just a minute. All right, thank you for listening. Oh, wait, hang on. Um, Yes, that, okay, well, that's what I'm going to come back in and talk about. That's what I'm, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, someone just asked me a question. I'm not going to mention the question now, uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to do that for its own, uh, own broadcast. So I'll do that next because he sent me this thing about, uh, the translation, translator's use of a certain word in Luke 2. And, uh, he brought up, uh, uh, some questions in regards to it. So I, I'm going to, I'm not going to offer my thoughts. What I'm going to do in the next broadcast is present it as a problem for everyone doing the Bible study exercise and for everyone a part of the Discord group because I'm going to be interested to see everyone's thoughts on this. So yeah, I'll be back in just a second. I'm going to deal with that specific issue. I just wanted to separate these out. I wanted to separate these out since this one got all of the, got everyone so fired up. I wanted to address this by itself and then I'll do the other one next. All right, so th- thanks, Will, for even bringing this up because I've never even given this much thought. 
All right, so we'll be back on the air here shortly. God bless.